This is Listen Again with the Bridge, your opportunity to hear Sunday's message. We hope you enjoy listening, and it all starts right now. Nice. David began on Monday in the office, so he is now one of us uh, here at the church. So, so good to have David with us. Let's give him a hand for getting to be part of this. I... Uh, yeah, I, I told you earlier, I miss this when I'm gone. It's so good to be back. Um, we had a great time on our trip. Good news. Uh, Courtney and I decided to start a small group in Destin, Florida. And so we're going to travel back. The bridge is going to take care of this for us. So every other week, uh, we're going to be back there. Courtney and I are the only two members right now. I don't know if we'll have anybody else. But God called people to Jerusalem, Judea, Destin, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So that's where we're going. Tim, thanks again for covering. Great job last week. Let's give him a hand. So nice that uh, when I am gone that I know you're taken care of and you're going to get a strong message. So thank you, Tim, for doing that. One thing I was uh, amazed by, and I, I say I'm amazed by, it's, it's every time I go to the beach, it's incredible to just stand on the beach and look out at the ocean and the size, just the vastness uh, of how big it is. And it sounds silly, it sounds cliche, but every year when we go back, it's the same thing. I stand there and just am amazed. And it just reminds us of how small we are and how big our God is. But it's interesting that this all-powerful, all-knowing God that is so big, so great that he could speak to the wind or the waves and they obey him, this God that created each and every one of us, isn't it interesting that he can seem so distant at times? That he can seem so far away, almost as if he doesn't even exist. How many of us have ever, ever had that question? I'm not gonna lie. Anybody ever wondered, does God really exist? Come on, be honest. You don't have to, yeah, there's 10 of you in here that are being honest right now. We'll pray for the rest of you at the altar time and ask for God to forgive you. But over the next few weeks, I wanna talk about some of the challenges that people have in their faith. They want to know who God is. They wanna believe in God, but they don't feel him. They don't hear anything when they talk and uh, there's something that happened maybe in their life, some reason, some hurdle that keeps them from completely believing. And I, so I think sometimes that people are actually rejecting uh, not the true God. I believe sometimes people are rejecting a distorted view of who they think God is or who he should be. Like when he's not Santa Claus for us and he doesn't just fill our list of to-dos that we need done for today, when we don't get those, we all of a sudden go, he must not be real. Sometimes we're rejecting this idea that we have about God, but not the true God. So I want to talk today about where is God? I, those people that you want to believe in God, but you just, sometimes you don't feel him. How do you believe in a God you can't see? Again, maybe it was a traumatic experience. Uh, you needed direction in a certain area. You're feeling lonely in a broken relationship and you cry out to God, but you don't feel 
anything. And then there's that annoying person in small group that you go and you sit in the circle and they're talking about how this week they talked to God and God told them all kinds of things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They listen to the radio and the worship song is their favorite song and God spoke to them through the song. They pray at the mall and they get the, the best parking spot and you know their husband just got a raise at work and you're sitting over there like, every song I turn on I hate and it never speaks to me. I never hear anything from God. My husband got fired. Where is God in my life? And you have those thoughts. You have those feelings as you watch others. Yesterday, uh, I don't know why, I guess because we came back all relaxed, we think let's tackle some you know, big hurdles in our life. So Courtney decides to clean out Tessa's closet yesterday. I'm gonna owe my daughter $5 for this, but it's worth it. So uh, it's a good example of what we're talking about. We went in and she made the mistake of calling me up there to say, look at this closet, can you help me with this? And we couldn't even step on the floor. You couldn't even see the floor of her closet. And I can tell you in that moment, God was not with me. Can I be honest with you? I didn't feel God in that moment. I, I felt a lot of other things, but I, they laugh at me in those moments. Connor just smiled. He just wanted to be in the room to see how I was going to respond because he just likes seeing me get upset like that. But here's bad news. Uh, your room's today, buddy. So here we go. <laughs> if you've ever wondered where God is, I want to talk about that today. And how many of you would say you felt the presence of God in your life? Can you, can you help me with that one? Okay, there's more of you raising your hand on now. How many of you would even say maybe you felt the presence of God today? Anybody? Any, okay, so we've got some people that, that have felt the presence of God even today. Well, my question is this. How do you know that? How do you know that you felt the presence of God today? Did you get goosebumps? Did the hair on your neck stand up? How do you know that you experienced God? Maybe you were crying during worship, and that's this feeling. Maybe you're like the eagles. You just get a peaceful, easy feeling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I don't know. How do you know? If you're that one that maybe, you know, you had a a, a tingly feeling today and goosebumps, well, you can have that, you know, by sitting across. I remember when I started dating Courtney, man, she smelled so good. She looked so good sitting across the table. I had tingly feelings about her. Was that God? For those of you that cried during worship, I remember the Mother's Day video that Mark played just a few weeks ago or made for us. When we played that, you were crying everywhere. Was that God? For those of you that had the peaceful, easy feeling, you can go run a bubble bath and light some candles and turn on Kenny G and probably have that peaceful, easy feeling. Is that God? How do you know that it was God? And if you didn't feel God, whose fault is it? Is it God's fault or is it your fault? Was he looking down on you this week and going, you know, I don't think you were acting too great, so I'm going to give God to everybody else but you today, and maybe next week if you'll do better, I, I might be there. For, is it your fault? Is it, is it God's fault? Maybe your spiritual antenna weren't up, and so you didn't feel something today. Was it David's fault for not playing the right song? If he'd have just played my, my favorite worship song, I would have felt God today. So how do we know? I'm being sarcastic, but what I want to do today is show you that the presence of God is so much bigger than a feeling. Can you say amen to that? The presence of God is so much more than a feeling. If you don't always feel God's presence, you are not alone. You're not the only one. Psalm 88 verse 13 says this. 
But I cry for your help, God, or Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? I bet many of us have felt that way before. God, I feel, I want to feel your presence, but I I don't feel anything. Heaven is silent. It's as if nothing is there. It's like a ceiling. It's just blocking me from God's presence. Just look at some of the spiritual giants in the Bible. What about David? He was someone who had an intimate relationship with God. You, you see it many times. He was a man after God's own heart. He said things like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Yet, you can read the same words of David and find him saying, I can't feel you. Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why are you allowing my enemies to do this? It wasn't always, I feel you with me. Paul in the New Testament He had such an incredible experience with God at one point, he was not even allowed to talk about it. Literally one of those kind of moments. Yet, when he first became a Christ follower and wanted to go out and preach the gospel, knowing what he was called to do, did you know he had to wait 17 years before he heard from God to be turned loose? 17 years. How many of us couldn't wait 17 minutes on God? You know what I'm talking about. We think God's not real. He's not here. 17 years, Jesus, okay, God's own son, hanging on the cross. We don't totally understand how this happened. All we know is that God is so holy that in that moment, he could not even look upon his son as Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? We've all had this feeling. You're not alone if you have been always felt the presence of God. But I want to talk about three reasons why you might not feel the presence of God. They're on the back of the bulletin for you. You can follow along with me. You can take notes if you'd like. The first reason that we may not always feel God is many times we may be over-sensationalizing this. We're, 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 we're overthinking it. We're trying too hard. You do exactly what the disciples did. There's a story in John 6 where Jesus is going to walk on the water. The disciples jump in a boat. They're headed to Capernaum. They're headed across the Sea of Galilee. And it says out of nowhere, Jesus just shows up on the water. Mind you, this is after he's already fed 5,000. He's already performed many miracles. We know that. And then at this point, he's showing up on the water poof, here I am, let me hop in the boat with you. The Bible says they got in the boat and without some miraculous way, they just show up on the shore. If you read it, you can see it for yourself. They're three, four miles out on the water. Jesus shows up. The moment he gets in the boat, all of a sudden they're they're stepping out of the boat on the shore. But I want you to see what happens. Look at John John 6, verse 28. Then they asked him, meaning Jesus, What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered this. The work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. So who's the one he has sent? It's Jesus, right? So he's saying the the thing you need to do, the, the work that God requires, the thing you need to do is believe in me. Now look at the response. Verse 30. So they asked him. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? What? 
the same guy that just performed feeding 5,000 people, showing up on the water, and they're saying, what sign are you going to give us to prove that God is real? Hello? Anybody ever had that? You, You ever been saying, God, I need a sign from you that you're real, and he's had about 50 other signs right before that that you just didn't even think about, you didn't even pay attention to, you might have missed. And here are the disciples saying, what is the sign you will show us? They even go back to the Old Testament. Look at at this, verse 31. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. In other words, what are you going to do? Something like this? How are you going to prove that God is real? And many times, like the disciples, we as followers, there are some of us who are over-sensationalizing this. Man, we want to know God. We want to know that he's real, but we want to feel it. We want proof. We want to see it. We want to hear an audible voice, whatever it is. You got two roads to take, and you need an arrow that's pointing you one direction. You got conflict in a relationship. You need to know, do I confront them or do I not? I need to hear from God in this moment. You want an angel to appear. Take this road. God doesn't always reveal himself that way. There are times when we're going to feel God's presence and there are times when we're not. I had the opportunity in 2019 to visit Israel. This is by far the most incredible trip I've ever been on because it brings God's word to life. I I was able to visit those very places that we read about all the time. It's not totally proven, but I got to stand in the tomb where they believe Jesus was laid. It it could be tradition, they call it, um, but it's what they have in place. I did get to visit the hill called Golgotha, where it's the place called the skull, where the crosses. Jesus died and the two thieves hanging next to him. It's not a parking lot for a bus, which is sad to say. But I I was there, saw it, saw the skull on the side of the hill. I got to be in the very lake that we just talked about, where the disciples were on a boat and Jesus showed up on the lake. The shore of that very lake is where Peter was restored after Jesus rose from the dead. And he met Peter on the side of the shore after Peter had denied him three times. I got to be at all these incredible places. And I remember as I was there, man, I'm taking all this in. I'm reading the scriptures, just looking at how it's coming to life. Every night I would come back to the room and I would journal about it and write all these things. And and I just remember, though, the problem for me was I wasn't feeling anything. I'm like, shouldn't I be like really moved by this? Am I not spiritual enough? Do I not care enough? I I, I begin to worry about that as I'm seeing the other guys. Man, we stopped in the boat out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. We had men that were just like so emotional in that moment. They're just like really having this moment with God. And I'm kind of just standing there taking it all in. But I begin to wonder about me. Until I had the most incredible experience on that trip. But it wasn't as at one of these incredible sights. It wasn't on the Jordan River. It wasn't on the Sea of Galilee. This trip started, we, we got there on a Wednesday morning, or excuse me, Tuesday night. The, the tour began on Wednesday morning. And every day we're going to site after site. We're checking all this out. And on Sunday morning, March 10th of 2019, I'll never forget that moment. 
I woke up in my hotel room and I just started praying. God, I, I just want to sense your presence. And out of nowhere, man, did I didn't even know what I was asking for in that moment. But I'm going to tell you, I had an experience with God like I've never had before. I couldn't even get up. I just laid there in bed and I just took in all that God had for me in that moment. And I will never forget that moment. My heart was so full of gratitude. And it wasn't because of the fact that I got to go see all of these sites. It wasn't the gratitude, although it was an incredible trip, trip of a lifetime. It wasn't because I got to experience it with my good friends, the pastor friends that I got to go with and we had a wonderful time. The, the gratitude that I had in that moment was the fact that I didn't have to travel halfway across the world to see one of these sites to experience God. I didn't even have to travel across town to a church to experience God. I didn't have to go to a priest and ask for forgiveness in order to experience God. All I had to do was ask. And right there in the hotel room came the presence of God like I've never felt before. He's there. He's always there. I, I hope you hear me today. He's always there. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is ask. We'll get to that in just a moment. But what an incredible time I had. And we're not always going to feel him. And I have a few what-ifs for you. If you're, if you're a note-taker, you can write these down. There's three what-ifs that I want to throw on, on, this, on the back side of this. Why can't we always feel God? I'd love to, to be able to, to know the answer to that, but I have some what-ifs. What if some of the greatest lessons are taught when it seems he is the most absent? Let me say that again. What if some of the greatest lessons are taught when it seems that God is the most absent? What if the greatest faith is built in the absence of your feelings? It's when you feel him the least that you're going to need faith the most, right? So what if the greatest faith is built in the absence of of your feelings. The third what if. What if the greatest wisdom is built in the absence of your understanding? It's the times when you understand the least that God is building wisdom within you to understand. All I got to do is lean on him in these moments. That's when I need him. I may not feel him, but I know he's there. Feelings are not the only evidence that God is with us. If you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. Think about that. If you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. And without faith, it's impossible to what? I heard one, maybe two people. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There are some of you who are over-sensationalizing this. You're looking for the goosebump feeling. You're looking for the audible voice when sometimes... It may come in the silence. It may come in a quiet whisper. Number two, as we keep rolling this morning, there are some of you who may not feel God's presence because your heart has been hardened. Because your heart's been hardened. You were close to God at one point, and now your heart is no longer soft to the things of God. This is Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah. It's in Matthew chapter 13, verse 14, and Jesus said this, You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll, you'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. 
For this people's heart has become calloused. Their heart had become hard for the things of God. So they couldn't understand the things they were hearing. They couldn't perceive the things they were seeing. Why? Because their hearts were hardened. They hardly hear with their ears and they have their eyes closed. They were close to God at some point, but over time, they distanced themselves from God because their heart grew hard. Spiritually, they didn't see like they saw before. They didn't hear like they heard before. Perhaps some of you have allowed your heart to grow hard to the things of God, and you need to understand the number one cause. There's other causes, but the number one cause of a hardened heart is sin in our life. Sin separates us from God. Uh, let's explain it this way. If, if you sin against God, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he loves you less. He's not going to withhold himself from you. No, but you're sinning against God and that's going to distance you from him. It's kind of like a husband-wife relationship. Let's use this. If there's husband and wife and one of them commits adultery, what happens? Are they still married? Let me try that again. Are they still married? Yes, they are still married. Are they still intimate, as intimate as they were before? No, because trust and intimacy has been broken. That sin separates and breaks the fellowship that was there. And the same thing happens with God. Whenever we live with an ongoing sin, I mean, we all mess up every single day. I'm going to mess up today. You're going to mess up today. But when we continue to live in it, we're not repenting of that sin. We're just continuing to just live in it. We're not confessing and saying, God, clean my life up, clean my heart up. When we're not dealing with it over time, it's like plaque begins to form on your heart. Your heart becomes hardened. I love to hunt. You guys talked about that before. That's no news to anyone. But hunting typically happens when it's cold. I've been hunting for 20 years now, uh, really since Courtney and I got married. I started deer hunting then. And I can tell you clothing has come a long way when it comes to cold weather. Man, used to, you just had to put about 10 layers on. Anybody know? You'd walk like this trying to just stay warm because you had so many layers. Now they got all kinds of incredible gear to keep you warm. Let's just imagine it's 10 degrees outside. And you need to go out, and you're going to sit in a deer stand for a long time, and you want to try to stay warm. What are you going to do? You're going to put the best hat on that holds the heat in. You're going to find the, the best wool socks to keep your feet warm with those boots that maybe have the batteries so they can heat your feet or whatever you got. You got Sitka gear. You guys know what I'm talking about with the Sitka gear. I mean, it costs more than your car, but it'll keep you warm out in the deer stand. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, that stuff is crazy expensive. But when you're sitting there, you're in the elements. It's cold outside, but you don't feel cold because something is separating you from what's really there. If you continue to let sin rule in your life, it's not that God's not there. There's something that's separating and blocking you from the intimacy and the goodness of God that is still there. You simply don't feel it. Some of you can say, well, Chad, I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm not doing any of the big sins. Well, that's great. Whatever those big sins are, congratulations. But what, what I think really happens is the problem with many of us is we learn to live with what we would call sanitized sins. 
Sanitize sins. I did a series a while back called, um, we called it, well, everybody's doing it. Remember that? And we talked about pride and lust and gossip and those things that everybody does. And we just kind of go, well, everybody's doing it. It must be okay. And can I tell you, those things are, they just kind of happen. And before long, we've just accepted it. We become callous to those things and it separates us from God. And every now and then it's good to just do a little gut check. Say, God, I, I haven't felt your presence in a while. I haven't, haven't experienced you in a while. I, I need to make sure my heart is right. I need to make sure that my life is cleansed and pure. David prayed this in the Old Testament. When he had sinned against God, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. That's, that's getting rid of that callousness. Renew a right spirit in me. I love this last one. Re, uh, it says, restore the joy of my salvation. You know what happens is over time, we just go, yep, I'm saved. That's great. No, he's saying restore the joy. Remember when you first got saved and that joy you had and you just couldn't help but share it with everybody you knew? You just wanted people to know, man, I've got God in my life. And you need to restore the joy of salvation. If you don't feel the presence of God, maybe you have something blocking. He's still there. He's still with you. I have to be careful as a pastor. That's why I love things like trips like this week where we just got to sit on the beach. Man, I, I got to tell you, I am not a beach bum kind of guy. I mean, you can tell by this color of my skin, I'm about the same color I was when I left because I don't sit out in the sun. It doesn't work well. I burn and then I peel. It's not fun. So I have to either be doing something to be in the water or I'm sitting under the umbrella. Those are the two places I go. And I would sit there under the umbrella. I don't need anything. I can just sit in my nothing box. You guys know what I'm talking about? You're just sitting there. She's like, you want to go out in the water? No, I don't. I, I'm good right here, just sitting. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have kids waiting on me. I don't, I don't have anything. I'm just sitting. You know, it's awesome. But it's in those moments you can kind of give yourself a gut check. How am I doing? You know, I have to be careful here as a pastor because there's a lot that goes on in this place that it can become more business-minded than mission-minded. You know what I'm talking about? Where I'm worried about, man, we got bills to pay. We got, you know, we're trying to do this youth space. How do we do on that? What else do we need to do next? And before long, we're so focused on business that we've forgotten our mission. So I have to be careful. So I have to take a gut check every once in a while. Sometimes we are not going to feel God because we're over-sensationalizing. It might be that our heart has grown hard. Or number three, maybe God is trying to draw you closer. Maybe God is trying to draw you closer. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Paul's preaching in Athens, and he, he, he said this. He said, for one man, God made all the nations that they would inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Now, why did he do this? It says, God did this so they would seek him. He did this so they would seek him. Hopefully, they would reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So what did God do? He created he showed the glory of who he was, and he did this so that people would want to reach out, that they would want who he was and want to be with him and want more of him. And there may be those times that you're not feeling God because God wants to bring you to a place where you have more desire for him. 
What does deprivation do? Deprivation draws out desire. If I don't eat for a couple of days, I'm going to get hungry, right? If I don't drink for a couple of days, I'm going to get thirsty. And in the same way, if I don't sense the presence of God, I might just start hungering or thirsting for the presence of God. Familiarity, what does that do? It brings contentment. When we're familiar with things, we just begin to be content. But what if God, in all his glory, is, is drawing you or wanting you to seek him more? And that may be what's happening. Sometimes I get so busy that Courtney and I, another great reason for the trip this week, is we get so busy with life that we don't get to have so much time together. And when we don't, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We got to spend some time together. We miss one another, and it's the same with God. Even today, right now, what if God is bringing you to a place where you would say, man, I really, I long for the presence of God. I need the presence of God in my life. Feelings are not faith. Feelings are not faith. Just because God feels silent does not mean that he is absent. Jeremiah 29, 13, there's a promise there says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Perhaps some of you, God is going to create a longing in your heart that when you wake up, you would say, God, I want to experience you today. Anytime you truly sense in a powerful, supernatural way that God is in your presence, can I tell you, embrace that moment. Enjoy it while it's there. It's not always going to be there. It doesn't mean that God's absent. It doesn't mean he's not there. But in those moments when you sense his presence, enjoy it. Soak it up. Use that. Take that time in. You get those goosebumps or those feelings. That's great. There are times when you have that. And like Moses, you may just be like, hey, I'm going to take my shoes off, man. This is holy ground. I'm in the presence of God right now. But never forget that he's always with you. Don't forget to embrace him in the everyday moments. When you're driving down the road and you see an incredible sunrise or sunset and the beauty that God has created, that you would recognize him and say, I see you in this moment, God. When you go to work and you do something that Maybe only you can do and you feel special because God created you for that thing. Whatever it is, he created you to do that and you do it well. You say, thank you, God, that you created me for this. You placed me exactly where I need to be in this life. When you do something incredible to help someone else, you stop and pray for them or you give them something. You say, God, thank you for using me in that moment. For being real in my life. Don't trust your feelings because feelings aren't facts. The fact is, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Will you bow your heads with me? With your eyes closed, think about this. I want to throw these what ifs at you again. What if some of the greatest lessons are taught when it seems God is the most absent. What if the greatest faith is built in the absence of your feelings? What if the greatest wisdom is built in the absence of your 
understanding. Some of you probably came in here in a very dry place. Maybe it's been a long time since you've experienced God. I don't know why. Could be one of these three things we talked about. Maybe you're over-sensationalizing. You're, you're trying too hard. You're, you're looking for a sign when God's there all along. He's already doing all kinds of things and you're missing it because you're too busy looking for a sign. Maybe you've got some things in your life that you need to eliminate because your heart has grown hard against the things of God. Or maybe this is one of those times where God is just trying to draw you closer. He's trying to get your attention. That you would hunger and thirst for his presence. So Father, for anyone in this room today, God, I pray, they're not just seeking a feeling. They're not just seeking goosebumps. God, they're seeking you. Seeking your presence and you are always there. That's the incredible thing. We don't have to go anywhere else. It's not just here at church that your, that your presence is here. It's anywhere we go, your presence is there. It's always there. God, for those who need your presence in this moment, I pray they would seek you with all their heart because when they do, you made a promise that we would find you. Lord, I pray that's the desire of each and every one of us. No matter how much time we've spent in your presence, we should always be longing for more. There should always be a heart that is seeking after you. And I pray that each one of us in this room would do that in this moment. That we would seek you with all of our heart. That we would do the gut check and say, God, is there anything that's separating me from your presence? Is there anything that I've done? Is there anything I need to eliminate? God, whatever it may be, help me to see that in this moment. And Lord, I pray that all of us would recognize just how amazing you are and that your presence is always there. May not be through a feeling, Lord, you're always revealing yourself to us. May we be aware of those moments. God, may we enjoy those moments. May we bask in those moments. there's nothing like your presence it's undescribable it's unmeasurable 
It's irreplaceable. We find ourselves in your presence. Lord, I pray for any person in this room that's never experienced the presence of God. Maybe they've never accepted you into their heart. I pray that right now as you're speaking to them, Lord, that they would pray the prayer of salvation, asking Jesus into their heart, surrendering their life to you in this moment. I pray that as they do, Lord, your presence just begins to be so real in their life. What we would call a tangible presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.